What a joy, my friend, for us to be together. And that's what we are. We may be apart, but we are not separated. We're going to be talking about that today as we share together with the family of hope. And whether you're joining us for the first time or you're part of us all the time, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope during this season that you're tuning in to our journey, 21 Days with Jesus. You can get that on the church Facebook page or on the church uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash church of hope. We're just taking time every day with stories and insights about Jesus. Now today we're continuing our study on the weekends talking about quarantined. We're looking into the life of Paul. Paul uh, spent not just a week, not just a few weeks, not just a month or even a few months, years in separation. Under arrest, unjustly arrested, he was placed in quarantine. Many of us under stay-at-home orders. In the midst of this season, how do we find success? In the midst of staying sheltered, where is the blessing? What does heaven want to do during this hard time. So last week we looked into the first chapter of the book of Philippians and if you didn't see that message you can go online and download it or watch it on stream and just catch up. Today we're in chapter 2 and we're going to be looking into the life of Paul because Paul didn't waste his time. You know many people are incredibly bored during this quarantine season they're uh, spending their time doing so many boredom activities. But Paul wasn't bored. He was blessed. You know, I, I saw some pictures of what people were doing with their stay-at-home time. Here's someone that, uh, this is an Etch-a-Sketch. And if you know anything about an Etch-a-Sketch, this represents hours, maybe days of working with those little wee two knobs with Etch-a-Sketch. Someone else took a dollar bill, and I don't know if you can see all the detail, but they turned it into a koi fish. It's got the eyes, it's got the little gills here, and this is how they're spending their time in quarantine. Someone has a 2,000-piece puzzle with no images, and every piece is unique, trying to pass their time of boredom. Somebody made a pancake like Baby Yoda. Just, I'm so bored, I'm having breakfast, what am I going to do today? Baby Yoda pancakes. Maybe you want to try that out. Or, this guy is no longer giving out free hugs, but he will sit on his, uh, his seat outside his home and he'll give you free stairs. This is what people are doing as they are quarantined. Paul, while he was in quarantine, still had a dynamic relationship with the Spirit of God. He knew he wasn't alone, and while he stayed away, he stayed engaged. While he stayed away from where he would love to be, he stayed on mission, and he had goals. One of the things that we should have during this season are goals. And as we come into the second chapter, 
we find he starts to write to his friends in this inspired letter, this scripture that we have. And he says, here are some of the things I want to happen. I want to, in the time I'm apart from you, I want you to know that Jesus brings us together. We may be separated, but Jesus wants to bring us together, Paul in prison and his friends in Philippi, and inside the community in the city of Philippi, he wanted to bring those people closer together. He says as he starts to write to us, he says these are the first words of chapter 2, and you can see his heart, what he's encouraging them to do. He said if there's any encouragement, if there's any comfort, if there's any participation in the Spirit or with the Spirit, if there's any affection, if there's any sympathy, can you see what he's saying? He's thankful for them, and then he's just trying to say, listen, if there's any of these things in your community, in your community of faith, and I'm sure people, as they read that, says, well, you're sure we have, we have some encouragement, and we have some comfort, and we certainly participate uh, in the Spirit, and we certainly have affection, we certainly have sympathy. He says, okay, let's build on those things, and here's his desire. This would be a desire that, that the Lord would still have for you as a child of God, as a student of the Scriptures, watching with us today. Here's the, here's the desire. He says, I want you to be in the same love. He says, I actually want you to be closer to each other. Thank God for what's happening, but I'd like you to be closer to each other. I'd like you to be full in full accord. I'd like you to have, listen, greater unity. Not separated, he's calling them to greater unity with one mind. Separated? No. He wants there to be a unity in their hearts. Now how does that happen? We just keep going and we keep reading. How do we live in this full accord, this unity that Paul is calling us to? He says, here's some practical steps I'd like you to take. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Just pause for a moment because that is a... That's a huge request. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. We know that at the root of sin, S-I-N, there's selfishness. He says, I, I want you to let that go. I want you to count others more significant, or I want you to count others better than you count yourself. I want you to, I want you to look at other people, and I want you to say, wow, look at that. Find value in people. And he says, I want you to not look just out for your own interest, less selfishness, and more of a desire and a love for one another. That's a very tall order. And Paul is writing to them. And really the question is, well, who in the world can teach us this? Well, we know that we need to look to Jesus. And this is exactly what Paul does. Paul brings them to Jesus. He writes in the next few verses one of the most beautiful um, creeds. In fact, it was a creed in the early church, something that people memorized. It was a center point. When people ask, what kind of church is hope? We always tell them, hope is a Jesus church. And that's what we want to center on. And that's what Paul is saying. Hey, I've got goals for you. Greater love. Greater unity greater care for one another. And in this time of separation, we need to hear the voice of the Spirit of God saying, 
greater love, greater care for one another, living in one accord, in full accord. That's where the Holy Spirit moves in power and in strength. So he calls us to do this. He calls us to think like Jesus. Let this mind, let the mind that Jesus had, the thinking that Jesus had, let it be in you. Let the same mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. You know, you get to think like someone and understand someone's thinking through relationship. The longer you are in a relationship, maybe you have a relationship where you can finish someone's sentence. Sweet Darla Joy, my wife and I know how each other think. Why? We're in relationship. So Paul is calling us, all of us, to a deeper relationship with Jesus. The more you walk with Jesus, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you think like Jesus thinks. He calls us to really set our minds. There's a choice, and you make it today. What are you going to set your mind on? Are you setting your mind on the things that Jesus set his mind on? I love when Paul writes this to us, and he says, we need to set our minds. That's a choice we make. We need to set our mind on things above. That's the mind of Christ. Not of the things from this world. Not getting all wrapped up with anxiety and fear and apprehension. But to set our mind on things above. Above. Let me ask you, what is your mind set on today? Now, this is a choice. Just like you tune in to watch this time together, this online service, just like you made a choice, you set your browser, you set your cell phone, you tuned in, you set your mind in the same way. Many of you would know the uh, little acronym. WWJD. It's about centering our lives on Jesus. What would Jesus do? But before WWJD, it's WWJT. What would Jesus think? What are you setting your mind on? What you think about becomes the actions you take. And the actions you take form the feelings that you are having, the emotions you're having. This is a correlation. And Paul is saying, listen, I want there to be greater love. And the way we do that is by thinking like Jesus. Then we will act like Jesus. And then we will have the heart of God, the emotions of God. So as you live with the people in your home, be sure you're aware of this. You are thinking like Jesus thought. The second thing that Paul calls us to do is be willing to let go. Watch the example we have in Jesus. Jesus was in the very form of God. That means that he was equal, co-equal with God. We're going to talk about how Jesus knew he was from God and that he was the divine son of God. But he did not consider equality with God something that he had to grasp onto. Watch this. Jesus had the heart that says, I'm willing to let go. Some people have a hard time letting go because they believe what they've got is theirs. And they're doing their best to hold on to it. 
Some people have been very shaken up because stuff they thought was theirs has kind of disappeared from a portfolio or, or an income stream. Listen to the example of Jesus. He was willing, though he was in very form God, or as John tells us, John says that he knew very clearly, John, his good friend, says, hey, in the beginning, Jesus was the divine Son of God. He's called the Word of God. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus was just a good man or a good teacher. Clearly, the Scripture teaches us that he was the God-man. In fact, when Jesus is talking with his friend, his friend Philip, he says, listen, Philip, I want you to know, when people see me, they're seeing God. When people see me, they're seeing the Father. He knew that he was the divine, the Son of God. But he wasn't grasping on to that. He was willing to let go. And in this season, I believe that God wants to do a work in your heart, in your home, in this church, in the churches across this nation, and the churches around the world. I think God would like to do something fresh in this generation. But we've got to be willing to let go of position. Do you see what Jesus did? He was on the throne of heaven. He was in position. But he didn't consider that was something to hold on to or be grasped. He let go of position. And he let go of tradition. These are the things that hold people back from moving into new things in God. Of course, we are guided by the Scripture and by the Holy Spirit. But there should be a freshness. And sometimes people are holding on to yesterday's blessing and, and the way things used to be. And we've got to get back to that way. This may be a season that God is asking us to open up our hearts and open up our hands to let go and let God. Don't let position or tradition. We've never done it that way before. Hold the church of Jesus Christ back in this generation. Jesus had never been impregnated into the womb of a young virgin Mary, but that didn't hold him back. He didn't grasp onto his position in heaven. He was never born in a stable. He never lived and was tired and hungry. He let go of all of those things so that he could fulfill his mission. And for us to get closer to each other, we've got to be more generous. We have to participate in the generosity of God. God's heart and his hands are always open. And when you open your heart and open your hands, and as you follow the example of Jesus, watch what Paul calls us to. You're going to learn how to serve like Jesus served. Paul goes on to write and he says Jesus emptied himself. In theology, that's called the kenosis, an emptying of himself. And he took the very form of a servant. Now, Jesus never stopped being God, not for one moment. He had the rights, the full rights of the throne of heaven. But he let go. He emptied himself. He set aside his rights, I would say, so that he could serve humanity. He came to serve. There's a lot of talk today about the rights. Maybe does the church have a right to meet? Uh, in our state, thanks be to God, our governor has been very generous here in Florida. He has said, hey, the church is an essential service. I, I believe it is. And I'm thank 
Thank God for that insight. But just because you have a right doesn't make it right. Jesus had the right, but he looked to serve. So we ask ourselves the question, and we should ask it, how can we serve giving up our rights and serving the greater community? Now, we're looking forward to the time we're getting back. In fact, next weekend, we're going to begin opening up. We're going to begin to phase in, gathering together again. Next weekend, we're going to gather on the parking lot, in our cars, stay in your car. We're going to have live worship. We're still going to be live streamed, still going to be ministry online. But for those that would like to take a first step, we're going to welcome you to come here next Sunday morning at 9 and 11. Not on Saturday night. Saturday night will be online. We're doing that because we're walking this line of, we may have rights, but we want to work with our community. Jesus had rights, but he surrendered it and said, how can I best serve? Because his mission was to bring as many people, to bring you, your family, your relatives, your neighbors, anyone that's far from God, he wants to bring them in to the family of God. So he surrendered his rights and became a servant. This is a great time for us to be thinking about how can I serve? What are the new ways we can serve? I've been really glad to see people who have been making masks, finding seniors that need help, serving them by getting food. I've been really thrilled with the, just the, the serve team that has been working in our Hope Center that gives away tons and tons of food, serving hundreds and hundreds of needy people each week with uh, food for the week. Thank God for all these that are serving. I think we all could pray this prayer today. I want to I be like Jesus. I want to increase love. I want to increase unity. How does that happen? It happens by choosing to be a servant. And he, Paul says that. He's going to teach you how to love each other as you follow his example, as you think like him, as you have his heart, as you have his attitude, as you serve like Jesus served. Then he goes on to an even deeper level. He says, you've got to take up your cross. He says, Jesus took on human form. He walked in humility. He humbled himself. And he became obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, virtually every day I wear a cross but it's not about wearing a cross or looking at a cross or even knowing about the cross. It's about living the truth of the cross. And your home needs to have the truth of the cross. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16 that if we are followers of Jesus, we need to be willing to deny ourselves. That's the truth of the cross. We need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. You know, there are many homes, and people have been living under the same roof for a long time now, and issues that were kind of swept under the carpet have boiled to the surface. I read uh, one prognosticator that said, after this uh, stay-at-home is passed and the quarantine is passed, there's, there's going to be a baby boom and a divorce boom. I'm pray I love a baby boom. That's great. I'm all for that. But I'm not for a divorce boom. You know what? 
brings people together? The truth of the cross. I am willing to deny myself. I'm willing to die to self. That's what the cross is. I'm willing to die to self so that I can live in such a way that will be a blessing in your life. I'm willing to lay down my life. This is how we become more unified in the midst of separation. This is how we fight separation by following Christ and by taking up the cross. Think about Jesus on the cross. I hope you're having communion in your home. And uh, if you haven't been doing that regularly, think about the cross in your home. We have several communion services uh, that are on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com forward slash Church of Hope, you'll find some communion services. One, a longer one with some teaching on communion and one a very about a five-minute communion. So you can center your home on the cross. And the cross is about Jesus sacrificing himself and he calls us to sacrifice ourselves. And as we do that, greater love, greater unity, separation is overcome, the cross and the truth of the cross is our key to victory. Hallelujah. Praise be the Lord. Come on, just you can say it right there. Hallelujah. And then this, as we follow Jesus, we trust, we trust God and what his plan is. We trust God. Here's the working of all of this in Jesus. So Jesus was exalted. He went to the cross. He became a servant. He sacrificed. So God exalted him and, and gave him a name that's above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, let's just make this declaration right now. Out loud, right where you're at, just Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, we will not be exalted like Jesus was exalted. We won't be given a name that's above every other name. That name has been given to Jesus. But here's the truth, that the cross brings us to resurrection, that there is a better future for you. The cross brings resurrection. That's God's plan that the pain of this moment is going to bring the power of tomorrow. What you go through today with the spirit and the love of Christ, the pain of today becomes the power of tomorrow. The sacrifice that we have to make today becomes the success that we have tomorrow. The discomfort of this day becomes the destiny of tomorrow. This is the plan of God. Even though we are stay at home, we continue to grow in love. If there's anything Jesus teaches us, it's that our lives surrendered to God, following God's plan and God's purpose, is the best life we can live. It is God's plan that not one of us would be separated from God. It's God's plan that no one would perish. In fact, if you are today living far from God, you don't have to live far from God one more moment. Don't focus on me. Don't focus on the Church of Hope. Right now, focus on Jesus. Jesus will revolutionize your life. He will change you. When you open to Jesus, right where you're at, when you open your heart to Jesus, open your soul to Jesus, and say, Jesus, I need you. He knows exactly what that means. I want you to be my Lord, and I want you to be my Savior. You can pray with me right now. Simple prayer. You can pray it out loud or just meditate. I love to pray out loud. Would you say, 
Dear Lord, I need Jesus. I repent of my sins. I leave them behind. And Lord, I open my heart fully to Jesus Christ to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Change me. Rearrange me. Do your work in my life. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you are making a decision for Christ today, either on the platform you are, raise your hand, let us know, I'm deciding for Christ. We'd love to get material to you. Even though we're separated, we're not separated. If you will text YES to 941-260-1321, we'll send you a free ebook that will help your life grow. And I pray during these days that you will be saying yes to the Lord. I pray that this will be a day that you have goals while you're in quarantine. Paul had goals. He was praying about things. He was planning for things. He was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you know, I've got some goals for you, that there'll be greater love, greater unity. And that's his prayer for the church today. God is getting ready to do a work of pouring out the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, they were in one accord. Paul's praying the same thing for his friends in Philippi. Be in full accord, one accord, because that's when revival is going to come. Our hearts have to be tuned in to the Spirit of Jesus, because this is to be a Jesus revolution. And we pray that you would never be the same because of what Jesus has done in your heart and in your life. Keep focused on Jesus. Don't get focused on CNN or Fox or whatever person you're listening to, focus on Jesus. He will revolutionize your life. Hey, I bless you in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, you are very blessed.